Welcome everyone. Happy Easter. We are so glad that you are here with us um, to celebrate the reason of our faith, the resurrection of Jesus. It is a beautiful day and such an important thing to celebrate. So, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Amen. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men. So they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one of them at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be a gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Dear God, thank you that you make all things new. Thank you for the victory and the power in your name. Thank you that you hold the keys over death, that by your, your might Jesus raised, was raised from the grave, paving the way for us to have a new life with you. Thank you that you have pl a plan that you made a way. We confess our need for you, fresh, new, again. We ask that you renew our hearts minds and lives for the days ahead we pray for your refreshing over us keep your words of truth planted firm within us 
Help us to keep focused on what is pure and right. Give us the power to be obedient to your word. And when the enemy remain, reminds us where we have been, hissing his lies and attacks our way. We trust that your voice speaks louder and stronger, reminding us we are safe with you and that your purpose and plans will not fail. We ask that you will be our def defense and rear guard. Keep our way re clear, removing the obstacles and covering the pitfalls. Lord, lead us on your level ground. Shine your light in us, through us, over us. May we make a difference in this world for your glory and purpose. Set you away before us. May all your plans succeed. We may reflect your peace and hope to a world that so desperately needs your presence and healing. Thanks be to you, God, for your indescribable gift. To you be glory and honor on this resurrection day and forever in Jesus' name, amen. It's Easter Sunday morning. Amen? A lot of work goes into a service on Easter Sunday, and sometimes not everything goes according to plan. But I want to say thank you to all the people who worked hard to deal with the alterations and changes and everything that had to take place in the last couple days uh, to be here and do what we need to do. This morning, the message is the last one in this Walk This Way series. And the whole idea behind this is that there is a way to live. There is a way to approach life and to honor God. Uh, there's a, a method to, to living that Jesus gives us that actually leads us to, to come to grips with who he is and what he's about. It gives us a solid place from which to go about everything else in life. And it's a challenge to preach through the Sermon on the Mount anymore because so much of what is in there, it really does challenge us. If we take it serious and we aren't just looking for sound bites, if we aren't just looking for pretty things to, to put on a wall, but if we start to really hear what Jesus is saying, it will shake us up. It's going to call into question some of our motivations. It's going to call into question some of how we choose to do and approach certain things. It's going to move us into greater awareness of who God is, which is going to bring greater awareness to the places where we are out of line with God. And so now we've come to the end of the sermon that Jesus gives, where he lays out, this is what the kingdom of God looks like in very real and tangible ways. And he says this in Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell 
and great was its fall. Hearing and doing, listening, we are not very good at it, are we? What did I just say? Thank you, I just had to do that. We are often not very good at this. It seems like nowadays we define a good listener as one who is polite enough to remain silent until you stop speaking so they can tell you what they really think. We don't tend anymore, and maybe never, to have a good grip on how to actually hear what someone else is saying. And by hearing, what I mean is, is to take it in, to give it honest consideration, to understand the perspective of the one speaking, to understand what they're trying to communicate, and allow that the space in our minds and hearts to, to be so it can be known. One who hears is one who is able to take in what is said and is also can be able to repeat it with understanding. And what are we to hear here? Jesus says these words of mine. He is concluding the Sermon on the Mount. He's concluding these specific words, this specific message what we have spent the last seven weeks digging into. And even, that's not enough. There is so much here. These words of mine, Jesus says, hear, listen. All these things that Jesus has been teaching throughout the Sermon on the Mount, we're to hear them. So what are they? Blessed are the poor, the meek, pure in heart, the persecuted, those who mourn, the Beatitudes. We started there, right? The gift, the blessing of life, connection, relationship with God. Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. We heard that one, right? All the stuff about how we're to treat each other, how we're to settle our differences, how we're to have integrity, what do you do when you're angry? What do you do when your relationships are falling apart? What do you do when there's a disagreement? Jesus is spelling this kind of stuff out. He teaches us in this sermon how to pray. The Lord's Prayer is given in this. He teaches us how to fast or withhold from ourselves something in order to attune ourselves more to God. He teaches us about the proper role of money and power. He tells us not to worry, and why? He tells us not to judge, and why? He gives us in this message the golden rule. He tells us that we'll be known by our fruit. It's not a pretty speech. Jesus isn't standing up to give this message in order to sound good, to put together ideas in a way that make people go, wow, that's really interesting. He's not showing off. He's not doing it to gain political power. It's not a political platform that he wants to stand on. 
not about getting attention or other sort of motives. What makes this message so good is its honesty. It's the truth that's found within it. Many of the things that we've talked about, they're not new to you. They're not new to even society. We know the golden rule. We know the Lord's Prayer. We have heard the phrase, love your enemies, even if we don't always agree with it or want to do it. These things are foundational. And they're built into the life of anyone who takes life seriously, who has a desire to follow God and do what is right. Jesus gives us these words because they are the key to the kingdom of God. They show us what living as God's children looks like. And yes, they will challenge us. And praise God they do. We need to be challenged. We need space and time to look at our own lives and hold it against a greater truth. Truth that passes the moment. Truth that is beyond this particular situation that we find ourselves in. Truth that echoes throughout history and time and throughout place, one generation, another, one place to another, all those things. We need to have this place that we can turn to so that we can be aligned with who God is and how he's created us to live. We are meant to know this truth. Jesus gives this sermon not for his own purpose, but for ours, so that we will know. But knowing is not enough. Everyone who hears these words of mine and, anyone, acts on them. The dividing point here isn't the hearing, it's the acting. Our knowledge is meant to lead us to action. They're meant to shift. These words are meant to shift how we live, how we understand ourselves, how we understand the people around us, and how we see God. I think we can grip the knowing part. It's the doing part that trips us up more. A wise person builds their house on rock. The doing takes the form of building, specifically thinking building a house. Now most of us have some idea what this looks like, right? Many of us live in homes or have at some point in our life, right? I can't get an amen on we all live in houses. We get this. Many of you are builders. You have built things, built homes, built whatever. There's a lot of different things that, that we all do, and maybe you've done it for a living. You fixed something in your home, or maybe you're one who has spent more time watching someone you've paid to fix something in your home. That's all good, too. But if you paid any attention at all, you'll know that building is a process, right? 
It's not easy. It's hard work. It takes time. It's going to require different skills and different tools. It is both big and heavy, dirty work, and very precise, small work at the same time. Depends on what you're doing, right? There are ways to build that are good, that's going to last, and there's ways to build that aren't. They're going to fall apart, and sometimes you see it. Sometimes you make a mistake in the building, you don't even realize it until you're several steps down the road, and then you got to go back and make it right. I find that to be very annoying, by the way. But it happens. To be a good builder is going to take time. It's going to take expertise. And here's the thing, the more building you do, the better you get at it. There's a lot of stuff I know just enough about to screw up really well. And there's some things that I can do okay. There's a lot of things where I'm like, just where do you need me to hold the board and where do I need to hammer the nail or screw the screw? I can do that. But there are some folks out there, they look at a pile of lumber and they know exactly where all that stuff goes. They don't make as many mistakes. They can do it fast. They can be efficient. You know how to work together with a group and get it done. I find that to be very impressive. The more you do it, the better you get at it. But no matter how good of a builder you are, if you're not building with good material, it's not going to last. Anybody here ever had to build with substandard material? Nah, no, nah, you guys always get the best stuff, right? Yeah. If you're not building on a solid foundation, it's not going to last. It's not going to last. The words of Jesus are the foundation of life. They are the building tools we need. The substance we need to build life well. And it's not optional. If you want to build a home, live in a home, have a life that is solid, that endures, that is well-made and well-crafted from things that are good. In these words of Jesus, it's what we need. Strength, support, solid, right. But words cannot be built with unless there is action. Unless there is doing. Unless these words that we hear are put into practice they are words and not much more. I hear in this an invitation in the Sermon on the Mount, in the conclusion of that sermon, in the last part of it, we hear Jesus saying, you get to be part of this. It's not some prefab thing that Jesus just builds and walks away from and now you go live in it. No, you are given the very materials to craft life, your life. 
Here is what the kingdom of God looks like. Now you get to establish and be a unique individual person inside of that kingdom if you hear and do. So many times when it comes to faith and church, religion, whatever you want to call it, we have this kind of, well, it's that, and it's over there, almost like it's all done already. And we're not really a part of it other than we show up on a Sunday or, or whenever, and it's all good then, and we're going to heaven someday, and we like that, and it's all good. And that's, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's just a small piece. Your life is bigger than a moment. Jesus is giving us the very tools we need to, to build our lives. Something that will endure. Build a life that is strong and solid. And in, in the building, become better and better at it. Even teach others how to do the same. It's this beautiful thing that we've been invited to be a part of. It's not off in the distance. It's not something we observe and say yes or no to. It is us. The person that looks back at you in the mirror. That's the life that you're invited to build. And our Lord and Savior says, here is how. Here's what you need. It's an invitation. So build with the tools that God gives because there's another side to this. Anyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish person who built their house on sand. Now sand is fun, isn't it? Sand castles are fun. Do they last? Sand is constantly shifting, constantly moving. It has limited to no integrity. A little bit of water, wash it away. It takes a shape of whatever it needs to in the moment, and then it just goes back to being nothing very quickly. It's not stable, and it will not last. This illustration that Jesus gives, it's not complicated. Jesus isn't trying to, to give us this huge theological premise that takes an advanced degree to understand. It's simple. If you hear these words of mine, if you hear this is what the kingdom of God is like, and again, it's all through the Sermon on the Mount. It's practical. It's real. This is what to do, do when you're angry. This is what worry is, where it comes from. This is how you're to treat other people. This is how you're to see yourself and to see God. This is where it is. It's real and it's practical. If you hear this and act on it, yes, you're going to build a life with solid materials that are going to last and endure. But if you hear and do not act on it, still going to build, but you're not going to build with material that lasts. It's not a life that endures. How many of us have ever felt like life just kind of flows back and forth. Like you have no control, no power. Like as soon as you build something, boom, it's gone. 
As soon as you think you've got something solid, whoosh, it's washed out of your hand. Maybe we don't want to admit it. My guess is we've all experienced it. Because we've all built on sand at some point. We've all used sand at some point in our lives, and it just didn't hold up. The one who hears and acts on the words of Jesus builds on rock with rock, and the one who doesn't builds on sand with sand. So why does it matter? Because the rains come, the floods come, the winds blow, right? The building will be tested. Not every day is sunshine and roses, especially in Michigan. And I think we can get in this trap where we think everything should be easy. And it all should come up aces every time. And when life doesn't, we don't like that. It's obviously God's fault, right? Maybe you don't think that, but some do. I wonder if sometimes we consider ease a right. Where life isn't supposed to be hard. Where Jesus come to, came to make my life good, which we define as easy. And when life doesn't work out that way, we don't know what to do. We don't have to look far to find wind and rain. If we were to go around the room, we could probably all tell a story, or maybe a bunch, about the time when we were in the storm, when someone we loved about was in the storm. And here's the thing about storms, they're unpredictable. You don't ever know exactly when one's gonna come. I grew up in a town called Napanee, Indiana, in Elkhart County, Indiana. Anybody been there? Does anybody own an RV? Anybody know what an RV is? The odds are good it was built in Elkhart, Indiana. So when the housing bubble burst, you guys remember that, right? What do you think happened to my hometown? Did everything come up roses? Add people, friends, families that in the space of just a few weeks went from working in one of those factories making between 30 and 50 bucks an hour, which I'd take, and buying all the things that come with that, having a mortgage and cars and the whole deal. All of a sudden their mortgage payment doubled and they lost their job. The wind and the rain. And boy, I wish I could tell you that everything worked out. But I have friends who lost their marriage over that. I know people who still haven't recovered. It took something from them took their dignity, took their self-respect, 
rob them of confidence and esteem. It harmed their future. The wind and the rain came. And the RV industry didn't stand. I think this is time we need to talk about what we think saves us. Where do we find life? If we think it is in the amount of power we hold or the money we have, in the security we've created for ourselves, the wind and the rain will come and those things are not gonna stand. They just don't. And when we put the idea that we will be saved because we have this or we're part of that or this friendship or that relationship or whatever it might be, and those things fall apart and do not save, it crushes a soul. It's a darkness that we can describe but don't know until we're in it. The gift that Jesus gives on the Sermon on the Mount is another way that life and hope and salvation and reconciliation and relationships and our future is not going to be found in all these other things. It's found in the kingdom of God in Christ. The wind and the rain take many forms. It can be an individual, it can find a family, a church, a community. It can happen nationally, it can happen globally. We've all seen and faced the wind and the rain. What's left standing? This is where those words wise and foolish come in. You heard him, the, the wise person, the foolish person. Wisdom is knowledge. It's awareness. It's discernment. It is the capacity to see beyond the moment or the surface and know what's really going on. Wisdom will take action. Folly or foolishness is the lack of awareness. It's a lack of knowledge. It's a lack of discernment. It is one who does not have the capacity to see beyond the moment, to see beyond the wish or the want. And foolishness will also act. The entire book of Proverbs is essentially wisdom looks like this, foolishness or folly looks like this. It's not new. We are invited to wisdom. We're empowered to live life in awareness of what is true and strong, to what goes deeper and is bigger than the world that we see around us. 
It is the wisdom that we need to build lives that endure, that look like and are a part of the kingdom of God. We're invited to take hold of that. It's not withheld. It is given, a gift from God. It's why we're here today. But we also can choose another way. We can choose to reject the difficult and challenging work of wisdom and settle for that blissful and sometimes arrogant pursuit of whatever looks good to us. And let's be honest, we've all been there. That shiny thing. If I only had that, then life would. If it's only part of that, then life would. Let's go get that. Let's go build that. Let's go, 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 go. And, and it never really works out. What's left standing? When the wind and the rain come, the moment gets washed away. The wish gets washed away. What's left? What's left? The corner of wisdom and folly. You've all been in the wind. You've all been in the storm. You've all felt the rain. We all have. And we've probably all lost stuff in it. Did the wind and the rain leave us destroyed? Did it leave our relationships in shambles? Did it leave our future in doubt? Did it break us personally and how we see ourselves and how we see the world around us? If so, then my friends, I want to suggest what Jesus is saying. Perhaps a chunk of our life was made of sand. Or did the wind and the rain come? And while we were battered about, and while there may have been doubt of what would happen next, we remained standing. We endured. We stayed whole. Did the foundation hold? I've experienced this and I have seen this. I have watched families fall apart and I've watched them come together. I have seen people be just crushed to the point where they maybe never will recover. And I've seen people find in themselves a strength they never knew they had. Both of these options exist. And Jesus is inviting us to take the stronger one. To show us how to endure. And it's not complicated, at least in theory. 
hear and do. Become aware, see what's more. Embrace and build in the kingdom of God. There is no foundation stronger. It will endure when all other things fall. And you might say, yes, pastor, it's Easter, and that's a great message to preach on Easter, but you don't live my life. And you're right, I don't. I only know mine. And I know little bits and pieces of what people choose to share with me. But I'll never claim to know where you're at, because you're you, and I'm not you. Everybody comes to this differently. It's not easy work. It's a space where we have to make some very difficult decisions on what we set down and what we choose to pick up. And the words that Jesus says, they're tough. For many of us, it was, I had a lot of response when we talked about worry. People were like, I needed to hear that message because I worry all the time. Loving your enemies, praying for those who persecute you. Woo! reason I put a disclaimer in front of that one. It's not easy. But when you face the wind and the rain and are not destroyed by it, something happens. Something happens within us. And something happens in the world around us. We discover something beautiful and good. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astounded, astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority, not as one of their scribes. This was different. Mind equal blown. This way that Jesus speaks about, it was somehow both old and new at the same time. You get the sense that the people who heard this were experiencing something of an awakening. Their eyes were being opened. New possibilities were emerging. It sounds like truth because so much of what is being taught here is built on what has always been taught. But then Jesus brings it to fresh life in a new way. You have heard it said, but now I say. And there's a greater depth, a greater awareness, a greater, I can do that? That's an option? We can actually live this way? I didn't even know that was possible. Have you ever experienced something like that? I know I have, and folks, it is revolutionary. Life-altering, life-changing. The world is not the same. You see, faith is more than a ritual. It is more than a calendar. It is greater than a church. Faith is the foundation, a reliable foundation upon which life is built. And that life is meant to be filled with wonder. It is meant to be filled with strength. It is meant to have 
purpose. It is meant to endure, not just the moment, but eternity. It's beautiful. There's a lot of sand in churches and lives today. We have this tendency to only want to believe the things that we already agree with. We have this tendency to only want to see things that we already have seen and done. We wanted all things to operate in a way that feels comfortable and familiar to us. Guess what, folks? Jesus turned over the apple cart. This message shook people up. There's a reason why after he preaches this, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees are like, wait a minute, time out. What's this guy saying? We can't let him say that. His whole life he's pursued by people who in the name of God wanted to silence him. And sometimes we do too. Because if what Jesus is saying is true, then maybe I might have to change my life. And man, I don't want to. Or maybe I don't have it all figured out. And to that I say, great. Not having it all figured out and owning it is wonder. It is beauty. It is an opportunity for discovery. This is Easter Sunday morning. You heard the story. It's the moment when people went to a tomb expecting to find death and found what instead? Life. It's a moment when the things that Jesus has said throughout his ministry endured the storm, death itself, and proved true. It's a beautiful day. It's the morning when disciples ran to the tomb, when there's fear and uncertainty and wonder and awe. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know you're here looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he's not here. He has been raised, as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, for he's been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee, where you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Fear and great joy. Fear combined with joy in the aftermath of the storm. The foundation held. The kingdom that Jesus came to reveal and give and show to all of us is now available to everyone. It is an empty tomb. The cross doesn't win. Crucifixion is not the end of the story. It's an empty cross because he is risen. And if God can overcome death itself, if the life of Jesus can prove that no matter what sin is in the world, no matter the worst that can be done, there is still life and there will always be life, and he is still with us, then guess what? In the middle of your storm, in the middle of your rain and your wind, guess what? He's still with us. There is still life. 
There is still hope. It's never too late to start building. When the disciples saw Jesus, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age, the Great Commission. You know what I hear in that? Hear and act. Hear, see, and do. That's a message he began in the Sermon on the Mount is full, made complete in the Great Commission. I'm with you. The foundation will always hold. Build on it. This Easter, there's an opportunity to live life in wonder and in awe. Why do we obey the commandments that he has given us? Why do we talk about the good news? <clears throat> because those things are reliable paths to the wonder and awe of life and discovery, meaning, purpose, strength. It endures. And if there's one thing the last couple years have taught us, is that we need this. Things that we think are, that's never going to change. It changed. Wind and the rain came. And here we sit. And here we stand. Because the foundation that God gives is stronger than. Is, has been, and always will be. Wherever you're at in life now, hear the good news. There is always solid foundation. There is always a solid building material. Our God wants us and will instruct us and show us how to build life well. Will be with us through the whole process. Maybe your life's been washed away a few times. Okay. It happens. Let's build on rock. Start now. Keep building. And let's stand in awe of our risen Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, this morning as we come before you, we pray that these words that you have given us in your Sermon on the Mount would be heard. Lord, that we would have the courage to hear and do, to act, to put into action. Lord, that we would have the wisdom to hold our lives up against your words, your truth, and, and adjust, make changes where we need to. Lord, show us the deeper reality, the deeper that you give. Lord, give us what we need in order to, to do what you've created and called us to do. And Lord, in all of these things, we ask 
that you would simply work. May your presence be with us. May your strength be here. And Lord, may your will be done. And it's in your most holy name we pray. Amen.